Welcome to My Journey, the podcast for individuals who are seeking to write their own stories while creating a more healthy life along the way. My name is Brian Pickowitz. This is My Journey, and now it's time to start yours. What's going on all? This is Brian here, and I'm so excited to talk to you right now. First off, thank you for showing up to the podcast. I know it's going to have so much to offer you in value. And secondly, I want to talk to you right now about my one-on-one lifestyle revamp program. And I'm not going to talk to you about how to become a new you or a best self or whatever. I want to talk to you about how to reclaim yourself and proclaim your personal power through fitness and wellness. And so a lot of times what I find is that we consider ourselves hard-working people we show up in our lives the best that we can and if you're someone who's on the other line of this other end listening if you're someone who's an inspiration to those who are around you I want to talk directly to you because what I find with my clients is they're extremely hardworking people. They show up in their careers. They show up for their loved ones. They want to inspire people to become better, but their health and the standards that they have for themselves when it comes to fitness and wellness are in alignment with who they are outside of that. And yes, the diet and the workout routine that they're usually following is not in alignment with what their daily tasks are. It doesn't maintain them in a sustainable way. But at the same time, there's something that's internal that's holding them back. Maybe it's a commitment because they feel like it's taking time away from their family or their career. Maybe underlying that is they don't feel like they deserve it. Or maybe there's all these other limiting beliefs that are holding them back from really taking action and pursuing what they want and the change that they know would empower them to become better. And if this sounds like something that you resonate with, if this sounds like you, then first off, I truly believe without a doubt that you're meant to listen to this podcast right now. And I'm going to tell you something that I believe with my whole heart. And that is that you do deserve to look the way you want. You can create the change. And ultimately, this doesn't have to be painful and something impractical for your life, but it can become a sustainable, lasting change when it comes to your fitness, your health, and your overall mental and physical wellness. And the driving force behind my coaching is that, yes, the diet and the exercise matter, but true transformative results come when we nourish our bodies, develop new habits and beliefs about ourselves and the standards we're going to set in this field, and we cultivate a mindset that drives us to show up daily and advocate for our success. Over the last four years, I have dedicated myself to helping hundreds of people who are just like you foster and shift their internal beliefs about themselves and the standards they are setting for themselves in the areas of health and fitness so that they can truly create the body that they want, the mindset that they want, and the lifestyle that they know they deserve. So this resonates with you, what I want you to do is visit me at ProclaimYourPower.com. You can apply to join me on my one-on-one lifestyle revamp program where you and I are going to be a team and we're going to focus on first off getting you life-changing results. I know that sounds like a big thing, like I got to change my life. The reason why I say it's going to change your life is because one of the examples that I know from my life is that if you can set a target, work towards that target, break down the beliefs that are holding you from achieving that and make it a sustainable lifestyle, you will become 
not just a better you or a new you, you're gonna be more yourself. You're gonna show up as yourself in a confident and practical way in the rest of your life and it's going to affect everything. And you and I are gonna to work together to do that. And so visit me at proclaimyourpower.com. I look forward to seeing you. And if this isn't for you, then I hope you find something valuable from the podcast. You can implement it into your life and you show up for the next ones too. So without further ado, let's dive in. What is going on, guys? Welcome to the episode number two of my journey. I am your host, Brian Pickowitz, and I am extremely excited and grateful to have you tuning in today. So in today's episode, we have Johnny King of Johnny King Fitness. And Johnny is a fitness and lifestyle entrepreneur who really focuses on helping individuals break through their own toxic habits in order to create the body, lifestyle, and health of their dreams. And Johnny and I got connected through a mastermind that we're in. And he was someone that I took a liking, liking to very quickly because he has such a kind and generous heart. But at the same time, he leads with a very powerful energy that I think just attracts people who want to get better into his space. And I think that through this podcast, you'll, you'll see that shine through, especially when Johnny talks about his success in business and fitness. Johnny's real first business success came in St. Louis, Missouri, where he was able to create his own group coaching business platform for his fitness clients. And Johnny's success went so deep that at some points he would have over 100 people in one class alone, which I think is a testament to his skills and also the brand and energy and environment he was able to create for the people who were interested in his classes. And I think that one of the things we dive into here is the psychological aspects of fitness and lifestyle, because a lot of it comes down to how you perceive yourself and how you develop a connection to your own self-worth. And that's where real inspiration stems from. And so in this episode, we just, we talk about discovering his passion for fitness, but also how to break through self-sabotage. Johnny has a five minutes to defeating self-sabotage booklet that you can actually get for free on his on his website. But the big thing we really go into here too is defining your self-worth, defining your self-worth as it relates to who you are. And I think the most profound thing we talk about in this episode was what does it mean to be a man in 2018, especially with a lot of the political movements and political energy in the United States and Western civilization? I wanted to really open this conversation up because I think that it's something that as a society we don't really talk about. I think that right now with the Me Too movement, there's so much progressive energy in a positive way for women, but there's no one who's really taking the charge to lead men. There's no one who's really trying to empower them, but at the same time, empower them to be in touch with their vulnerable side. And so that was something I really was excited to be able to dive into with Johnny. And I want to preface it that there was there's no political aim here. <laughs> I'm not trying to dive down the rabbit hole of patriarchy and matriarchy, but I think it was an important conversation to have as we kind of design and start to figure out what the next leg of Western civilization looks like. And so I want to commend Johnny also for being able to be vulnerable enough to talk about that because I think that that's something that's such a hot button topic that was 
something I was actually nervous about bringing up, but I knew that it was going to be a really powerful conversation. I knew that at the same time it would offer a lot of value to you guys on the other end, especially whether you're a man listening to this or whether you're a female listening to this, trying to maybe connect with your spouse or anything like that. I just think it offers a lot of value for everyone. And so you can find Johnny at Johnny King on Instagram or his website is Johnny King Fit. And there you can get his five minutes to defeating self-sabotage booklet. And if you're interested in his one-on-one coaching or his group coaching options, you can find out more there. But thank you all for tuning in. I'm really excited and grateful for this episode. And so my only ask is that you guys, if you love this episode, that you give us a review on iTunes so that we can boost this podcast and reach as many people as possible. And at the same time, you will be entered to be our reviewer of the week. And so every week we're going to bring someone on and we're going to shout out their review. And and as reviewers of the week, you're going to win free prizes like giveaways on free coaching, free program options, free apparel, free clarity calls, and so much more. So get your reviews in and also feel free to shout us out on your Instagram with a screenshot on your story and tag me at Brian Pickwitz or tag us at myjourney.fm so that we can shout you out and spread these messages to as many people as possible. But thank you all for tuning in. And without further ado, here's Johnny King. Johnny King, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, man. Good to be here. Yeah, I'm excited to have you on. So you and I connected through our mastermind several months ago, and I really loved a lot of the things that you talked about when it came to fitness and and really helping people transform their lives beyond an aesthetic. But my first question for you is, how does someone defeat self-sabotage? Ah, what a great, gentle question to, to break things open with. It's awesome. Um, how to, to, to break through self-sabotage, I think, is probably one of the biggest things that I run into having coached for so long. And for me, I always define self-sabotage as a conflict of interest. You know, people will say, I've got a conflict of interest. Oh, I wanted this thing, but then we had this other thing that's pulling me in the opposite direction, Right. So for, for the way that I've seen it and, and worked with my clients over the years is first and foremost, defining what they value, right? What are the things that they value in the plus category and what are those things that they value in the minus category, you know, so positive and negative because chances are they've got values that are moving in, like I said, opposite directions. So why do I want to lose weight? And yet I find myself eating the cheesecake, right? And so a lot of times we'll find, I think, they, they will do more to avoid whatever pain they're feeling than they will to gain the pleasurable feeling that they want, right? That's the pluses and the minuses. So ultimately, it's looking at what are those things that, uh, that drive them forward and what are those things that drive them away from. And so when you, once you're able to to really break down and actually see it on paper, which is what I get a lot of my clients to do. And you look at side by side, you can see, oh yeah, I want to become financially free and yet I hate taking financial risk. Ah, that's going to be a problem, right? Mm-hmm. Or yeah, I really want to you know, make exercise a, a daily habit and yet my only time is in the morning. But I also told myself I would always be there for my children when they wake up, you know, 
Like, mm-hmm. ah, that's a problem, right? So you have to start kind of chipping away. Uh, and there's so much we could go into that one conversation. We could probably talk oh, about we're going hour. to. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so. Well, and I, I think that it's also the other story too. It's like, I like the morning example. It's like, well, no, I've, I'm not a morning person though. And I want to get in shape. I'm just not a morning person. Or I want to, I want to look this way and have that kind of body or energy or lifestyle. But I've always been this way. I think that that's the, the, the breakthrough that people need to make. And so when you're in that process and maybe you have someone that's coming from that standpoint of having that mental block, you know, when you say writing it down, like what are some of the other practical things that help shift them into that plus category where they're really start making some strides forward? Uh, I think it's really looking at how they look to fulfill their, their needs, their emotional needs, right? Um, I learned from Tony Robbins that we all have six human needs. Um, and so I think it's, it's extremely important to look at how do we fulfill our need for certainty? How do we fulfill our need for uncertainty? You know, um, someone may want to look aesthetically a certain way and yet they're not willing to give up the way that they connect with their friends and family over food or happy hour or whatever it might be, right? Uh, Because that is their way that they are certain uh, that they can connect and share, you know, a special bonding time with people. So you start actually looking at how you're fulfilling your emotional needs in power, you know, empowering neutral or negative ways. And the roadmap uh, by which they've kind of created their sense of identity becomes very clear, you know? And then all we have to start looking at is like, okay, what is it that you really want? What's the identity that you really want to step into? Um, And I think from that, you can start to back out. Okay. In these normal scenarios, and you have to really kind of get into the granular, um, I think at least with my clients and look at how they run their lives right now. What are their habits, right? Because typically if they're really successful in their business life and really unsuccessful in their, their health, um, physical health and their emotional health, they're running certain scripts and they have certain habits that are not as healthy as showing up to work every single day and clocking in and doing work and being very clear with the, the direction they're going in with business. And then they're super, uh, you know, lost when it comes to the direction they're heading with their health. Right. So <clears throat> I think a practical way is finding an area of life that they're, that they have some sense of dominion over, right? They're showing some sense of, of success in and starting to, to look at how they've created that. And then you start deconstructing that so that you can model it in another area of life. Right. Mm. So that's I love how that. I do it. Yeah. I love that. And so for you, what were the first steps when you were, you know, in this process of building this business model or, or really just building your passion around fitness? Like when you're getting to this, this point where you're taking people and getting them to transform themselves. What were some of the first steps or what are the first steps you take to really get them to cultivate that belief inside them that they can change or that they're worth changing? Is it, is it really holding on to those values and implementing them so that they can see that they're there or is it more of just getting them to a point where they're seeing the value and taking action? Yeah. More of the latter. Yeah. I think, I think uh, you've probably seen it. In that way too, a lot of people um, 
have a dream of what they'd like to achieve. And yet, you know, on one shoulder, they believe it. And on the other shoulder, they don't. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, and a lot of times this, this little guy on this shoulder screams a lot louder, you know, uh, and them not, not believing in themselves. So yeah, you want to get clear with the direction that they're going and, and the lifestyle that they want to create. But then really it does come down to, um, taking the daily actions, you know, um, and having worked with countless individuals, thousands of individuals over the last 10 years or more, you just are, it's very clear the patterns of success and the patterns of failure. And it, and it, and you can tell when someone, I can tell you what you need to do. Uh, but then you have to actually do it. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and everyone's journey is, is different because I, I always say that there's like a, a science to weight loss. There's a science to aesthetically getting your body, your health, where you want it to be, but then there's an art to keeping it that way. Right. Cause a lot of people can lose weight and then they're just as have unhappy getting to their optimal health as they were when they were overweight. Right. And then mm -hmm. they just fall back in old behaviors and, and they slide again. But that art is different for each individual person. Right. Just mm -hmm. as you would take a group of 20 people and you walk into a museum, everyone's going to have a different opinion as to what's, aesthetically beautiful, what they appreciate about different pieces of art. And so in, in that same sense, finding what fulfills them is going to be different, you know? And so I think that's, that's the true uh, line of demarcation, if you will, of, of changing one's identity, changing one's um, habits, changing one's health, and then maintaining it is finding what actually makes that individual fulfilled on a day-to-day -day basis, you know? Yeah. And I love that too, because it's like, I, I imagine you've been in this case where you have someone who reaches their weight loss goal and they're still unsatisfied. They're like, well, this isn't everything I thought it would be. And it's because there wasn't a clear focus on all those greater benefits than just that number, or that was the single gratification they were looking for. And so I really like what you said there, especially about connecting it all to the pillars of what everyone's doing along that journey. Mm -hmm. What, what I thought, and this is perfect because it led me right into where I, I was hoping this would go is like, what are some of the most common mental shifts that you see people or more of the most common, like, when you see someone going down that path of progress, what are some of the most common feats or pillars that kind of fall in their way? Uh, the, the speed bumps, so to speak. <clears throat> or maybe even like the, the, you can do the speed bumps and then the wins too. Okay. Like, um, yeah, I'd say speed bumps uh, typically are self-sabotage the, or the comparison syndrome. Um, I see people falling prey to, I call, I call it friendly fire. Um, so not only can we self-sabotage, but then we can also have our nearest and dearest friends and family sabotaging us, you know, um, that's always an issue. Uh, fear of success, which is another word, just really, it's just more a fear of failure, you know, um, and not feeling like. It, a lot of times it ultimately comes down to a lack of one's belief in themselves, self-esteem, confidence. Mm -hmm. And it's that, that idea that, Oh, once, like you said, once I get there, then I'll be happy. Right. Um, that, that belief though presupposes that happiness is just over the, 
you know, over the next hill, right? And if that's your belief, then the truth is you will actually never get there, you know? Um, so the wins typically are when someone shifts into valuing the present day here and now, you know, and enjoying the journey um, versus always focusing so much on putting your blinders on and just moving towards the goal, right? <clears throat> so the wins are typically when they start to shift from a very masculine perspective and focus and actually shifting into more of a feminine, you know? Um, and so that, and that's both uh, man and, and woman alike, um, mm -hmm. male and female client. It's actually when they stop to realize what a lot of those non-scale victories might be, right? Or um, the, the non-tangible wins that have more to do with the connection and the beauty of life, which is being able to, to hike a mountain with, with their kids, you know, or be able to actually jog for the first time, right? Um, or have a fulfilling relationship with their spouse or their boss or you know just kind of creating healthy boundaries so then that they're just not always walked all over you know so those are typically more of the wins that's very general mm -hmm. um however it's it's begins to be more lifestyle focused than oh cool look i can get into this size 32 wasted jeans you know um that's great however it's always that's just a means to an end of actually feeling a certain way which is like oh i feel less encumbered by my physical constraints, which I've been held back by before, you know? Mm. So, yeah, I love that. I had, I have a client that's been struggling to get back on the wagon, so to say. And I think that he's torn between that energy, which I think is fascinating that you bring it up because he's like, Oh, I should be weighing this much. I should be wearing this. But I'm like, you can also go out and have a drink and have, lunch and have dinner and you don't stress about it so it's like you're stuck between the two but you're doing a great job and I think that that's the thing that it's like there should be a balance I feel like it's like the balance of like okay I know it's important for me to stay focused on like getting to that point but also balancing the lifestyle aspect of it do you would you agree with that or do you have your own like kind of space or philosophy about that yeah it's got to be a balance because I mean I, I I just am a firm believer that that is why we have uh, the masculine and feminine qualities, you know, why we have light and darkness, you know, why we have uh, opposite poles to the planet, you know, like that is what brings life. That is what brings energy. Um, and to only be solely focused on your masculine journey in achieving a goal, you're never going to get there. And I, and that's why I believe at least when it comes to health, physical health, why, why quote unquote diets don't work is because it, it is a problem based solution. I have a problem, you know, which clearly is that I'm overweight. It must be because I overeat. So the solution is not eating, right? Uh, let's diet. And so I think that's so much of the, the bigger problem at large is that diets, um, people who focus on, Diets versus lifestyle change, right? Is literally, I see it as the difference between masculine and thus, or balance. You know, it's not masculine and feminine per se. Lifestyle is more like, oh, I just made a lifestyle change. And people are like, well, what does, that, what does that look like to you? You know, like, oh, well, I just ate better and exercised more and 
you know, generally speaking, have more balance in my life. And that doesn't give anyone real tangible, you know, how to, they're always looking for, well, just tell me how to do it. Right. And that is very masculine because it's like, I just want to get from point A to point B as quickly as I can in a straight line where the feminine really balances out. It's not about getting someplace. It's really about filling up, enjoying, um, expressing, sharing, connecting, you know, all those things that the masculine really kind of sees are pointless, mm-hmm. you know, but it's really more of what gives the person their why as to why they're moving in that direction. And, and I think it's, a, yeah, well, I think it's important to, to note for anyone who'd be listening or anyone who would hear this, that it's not necessarily masculine traits don't necessarily mean you're a man and mm-hmm. feminine traits don't mean that you are a female. It's more of the typical characterization of those thoughts. And I think when you understand that, I think it makes it easier for you to not necessarily create an identity, but just understand the different thought processes that are motivating you. And I think that that's something that that kind of like that balance in that dichotomy is something that people like, Oh, well, I'm, I'm a man. I should be more masculine. It's like, well, maybe there should be a balance here and maybe it's okay for you to understand yourself and understand like where you're going with this all, but also be motivated and driven to an end goal. And I think that those two characteristics make a big difference. One thing I wanted to segue off of that though, and this is more of just based off some of the things that you and I have talked about. I know that you, you, you and I, I think are in the similar spot where it's like, yeah, we, we don't just work with females, but we do have a lot of female clients. Um, and obviously it doesn't necessarily mean that we don't work with men for me my history is in competitive bodybuilding. Like it's, it's, it's pretty obvious that that's a masculine thing for the most part. But for you, when you, when you were starting this journey with being a, you know, a fitness coach and someone who was providing that light to someone, was it hard for you to like make that shift to be like, no, I, I want to just help people in this way. It wasn't necessarily like, I want to work with men or want to work with women, but was it hard for you to make a shift to, just embrace the people that were, were attracted to you or was that a conscious shift? It was a conscious shift. Yeah. And it goes back to my kind of my story of how I kind of got on into all this. I was always the, the child uh, of my four other siblings who was a little bit more health conscious. I wouldn't know if I was health conscious. I was kind of like health rebellious you know, um, and not in the way that probably most people would think. And so my parents having been both, both were obese for the majority of my upbringing, you know, until my mom passed away from cancer. Um, I was always like, no, I don't want dessert because they always had dessert. And I, and I didn't, I couldn't articulate at the time when I was a little boy. However, I did equate, you know, being them being out of shape and and overweight to not being able to participate in life with me as their child the way that I wanted them to, you know? And so when my mom passed away and then my dad subsequently lost 120 pounds like with seeming ease over the next like year or two, I started to connect the dots that it was so much more emotional. Um, And so I got into coaching to help women who were like my mom you know, who kind of hated the gym. It was intimidating. It was overwhelming. Um, my mom never really felt comfortable in the gym because it was like the gym etiquette, you know. Um, she was always feeling like she was being kind of pounded into the ground by trainers who didn't really have a whole lot of empathy for how, you know, <laughs> uh, out of shape she really was, you know. Mm-hmm. And so I started coaching 
but so many women that I didn't know were like, I don't really want to get into the psychological side of things. I don't want to air out my dirty laundry. Can you just help me lose weight? And so my buddy, uh, Lewis house, which a lot of people know, he was the one who sent me this, uh, $97 info product. He's like, Hey dude, I think this, this could do you some good. I think you'd be really a, a rock star. This is how to start a six figure boot camp in, in 90 days. And the light bulb went off. I was like, that's it. Give them what they say they want so that I can give them what they ultimately need. Mm. Right. Which is transformation. So I started the boot camp, which did extremely well, opened multiple locations over five years in St. Louis. Uh, but that lent itself to getting, you know, opening up my women's weight loss retreats and coaching. But I really was focused mainly on women, although there was definitely like husbands in there and stuff like that, but it was 95% women. And that was helping them to avoid going through a lot of the pain that my mom was, that had gone through that I kind of seen, you know? Mm-hmm. So I did intentionally choose uh, women and I did intentionally choose women 35 to 65, you know, um, not necessarily moms, but just women who were crazy busy and, and having a hard time um, putting their health first, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, and I could speak from a, a son and a like a mature man's perspective too, saying like the cost is too great you know, upon myself and my family and the ripple effect in the community of losing someone to something that is quote unquote, a lifestyle choice, right? Which is eating. When ultimately I found out after my mom passed away that the, the rabbit hole was, was very deep. It had nothing to do with food or exercise. You know, it had everything to do with lifestyle and stress and, you know, uh, yeah skeletons in the closet which most people are scared to get into you know yeah so well i think that's so powerful it's it really is a powerful story and especially it's not just a story it's your life like that's the thing is it's obviously it's manifested into something that you are pushing towards and making a difference with was it hard for you did you have to like was there an ego struggle with that at all? Like, so obviously like you were driven, you were focused, but was there like a moment where you're like, you know, as a man, I don't know if this is the right thing for me to be doing leading all these women, or was it something that you just stepped into and you said, I'm so driven and I'm so focused. Like this is the right thing for me. Or Uh, was, was there a process of getting to the point where you were able to embrace that aspect of what you wanted? Yeah. a, A process for sure. Yeah. Um, if I'm being totally honest, I, I stepped into opening my gyms. Uh, I opened them in September. Um, and I expected to be closed by Christmas. I really did. I had no idea what I was doing. Um, nor did I feel like I had any authority to tell women, not even to tell women, cause I was not, I still practice not telling anyone anything. Right. Mm. Uh, but helping coach them into their greatness I really had no clue. So it was, it was a process and it, and it continues to be right. Um, I continue to be humbled with the, the amount of things that women go through, man, compared to us guys, like God bless them. Uh, Cause we have it good. You know, we really do. Um, not to say that, that being a man is necessarily easy. However, yeah, that, that was something I stepped into. And then I got into women's weight loss retreats. And then I brought in women experts on hormones and, and uh, you know, menopause. And, oh, my God, I'm like, 
uh, you know, I cannot even believe, you know, this is, this is a challenge for, for women's health, but it gave me such humility and respect for what they go through that, uh, it's, it just is not, uh, something that you can just broad stroke, uh, say, this is the way that every woman should approach their health when they have so many variables that affect, you know, how they're feeling emotionally and their hunger and their bodies on a day-to-day weekly monthly basis, you know? Mm. So that, that, uh, ultimately is what I stepped into was working with women who were like my mom. Um, but also to, to just come in with an open heart to give. And I, had I known what I was stepping into, I may not have done it, you know, <laughs> it's been quite <laughs> it's the journey. Now, yeah. yeah. What, so as an entrepreneur and as a coach, what was one of the things, obviously the whole learning things, uh, um, or learning how the actual female body processes everything and how that plays a role in their overall progress is, is a totally different bucket of, you know, information and knowledge that you've gained. But what were some of the things as you're going through that first year in business that you really learned the, like as far as an entrepreneur and as a business owner? Um, Again, I feel like it was, uh, at least in that first year, which was just focused primarily on personal training, um, groups of, you know, I grew my, my business where I was doing groups of 70 and 80 people on a single hour, you know, wow. in a huge, yeah, like mass boot camp. So me to run and step into a leadership role uh, was a challenge to say the least, you know. Um, so I've always had a, amazing coaches along the way that supported me. Um, could not have done it without my coaches. However, I think it was not getting lost in the, the minutia details, but just continue to focus on like, what's my main goal? If my mom were still here alive, what would be her needs and how would I seek to fulfill those like emotional needs in this type of like workout environment? So I got very, very clear on how to take that particular individual, you know, kind of uh, avatar, if you will, and fulfill her emotional needs at a very high level to where I was taking people who were like, I've never loved working out in my life. And for whatever reason, I can't believe I'm saying this, but I'm addicted to your gyms, you know, to your exercise programs. I'm like, "Eh, lucky, I guess, when really I had a very systematic way of doing it. And that was going back to Tony Robbins, six human needs. I'm looking at how I would fulfill those needs on eight, nine or 10, uh, just within this gym environment, you know, and mm. it worked gratefully. Knock on wood. Yeah. I love it. That's powerful. That's extremely powerful. Yeah. What, when you're diving into all those different things, what, what were some of the, the aspects of creating a team that was some of the harder things for you? Because obviously you're having to bring those people in. Mm-hmm. Like, did you have to go through the process of finding people who were as for lack of a better term, as emotionally intelligent as you were? Or was that something that you pieced together as you were going through it? Or were you mostly the person who was running all the the pieces of the business? Yeah, I think I was certainly a a solopreneur there for a while um, and continue to be on and off. Um, I think team is a huge part of being able to to automate and scale your business, right? but I will say it's, it's just been like dating, you know, sometimes you gotta, so they say kiss a lot of frogs to, to find a prince. Right. And so some of my first several hires were so bad, 
so bad, you know, that uh, I'm embarrassed that I actually thought it was a good idea, you know. Mm-hmm. But uh, that being said, each and every single hire was uh, just a, a, another iteration of a, an improved process, you know. And mm-hmm. so I got it to where I was having, you know, <clears throat> I got very clear with my process of how I was attracting the right individual, which had to do everything to do with how I was writing my Craigslist ads, you know, uh, to the process that uh, interviewees were, were going through. And then I even had them, I kind of would boil down to eventually like three, you know, last candidates. I had them take various profile assessments, um, whether it be kind of they were in customer service or whether they were more in sales and so I'd be able to look at it at least in black and white. And so like, I, I might like this person better, but you know what, this person scores better in these areas. And I wouldn't always go with just my gut feeling. I kind of would go with, I was, I was kind of weighing the difference between again, the gut feeling and what I'm seeing in tangible evidence and making different uh, strategic decisions in terms of my hiring of my team members. And, and that made a huge you know, difference too, but I would never have gotten there had I, had it not been a process, I would never have known, you know? So it's just a lot of book reading. I learned a lot of that from uh, the ultimate sales machine by Chet Holmes. Um, so that was really good hiring rock stars. And then I ultimately sold out uh, my gyms once I moved, once my online business took off to one of the rock stars that I hired. So, and he's still running it today, which is awesome. So that's awesome. That is yeah. awesome. Did you, did you get a lot of drill and drill sergeant people <laughs> like drill instructors that were just coming in there guns blazing and you're, and you had to t- turn them down. Was that a lot of the things that you were finding a lot of people not knowing how to handle that clientele? Yeah. Yeah. I think empathy and that's what something that CJ actually, that's my, my buddy who bought the, the gym from, um, from me, he ranked very high on, on empathy you know, where a lot of people, um, and he didn't have a ton of experience. He just had a passion for fitness where you have a lot of people who have a lot of credentials. They've done a lot of schooling. They've have a lot of experience and they know. Right. And I feel like a lot of times you can fall very quickly into, um, choosing to be right versus being happy, you know? Uh, and I found like, I found, I stumbled upon a lot of people who were, who would choose, who would want to be right over, serving you know like what's in the best interest of the client you know is it truly to beat them into the ground you know so that you as a trainer can feel uh yep i i i was able to work a 45 year old who hasn't worked out in 10 years into the ground you know or is it really about creating momentum for them so that they can actually start to believe themselves and start making some progress and so it it took a lot of time to find the diamonds in the rough for sure you know so yeah, and that's all been part of the process as well. One of the questions I wanted to ask you, and it's something as I was writing up where I wanted this to go, and ultimately what I personally too wanted to hear from you just based off of what I know you have to offer, is I think right now it's it, we're in a strange place as a society where where men and women are, are almost dividing and women are, are ultra empowered and, and really I think it's amazing to see how powerful they're becoming. Like I watch Lindsay and she's become this badass entrepreneur who is this confident, just amazing woman. And then I obviously stand as a millennial on the other side as a man. And I don't see as many 
young men who are empowered by really, I think, driven success in, in a quantifiable way. Like there's the money, there's the, the, the muscles for lack of a better term, but I feel like there's a, a bridge in between that no one's really getting. And I wanted to ask you, you know, what do you feel like it means to be a man in 2018? Mm. Well, I think it's a, it's a great question to ask and a great topic that I could certainly talk on for a long time. <clears throat> I'd say, generally speaking, um, especially with the, the Me Too movement and so many things where I think for a while now, men have become scared to um, express anything, you know? And so to have a voice is scary because they might offend someone, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and I think that even goes back to, um, honestly, I think it goes back to the industrial revolution, um, and, and why I say that is because in a book called No More Mr. Nice Guy, um, it talked about during the, the uh, Industrial Revolution when men left the fields because machines were taking over and they went to town to go provide for their families, they left their boys at home. And their boys were then being raised by moms, sisters, female teachers, uh, things like that. <clears throat> and I feel like in today's day and age, 2018 man is like the third to fourth generation of nice men who are raised to just please women, ultimately. Like whatever makes you happy, sweetheart. And I think that's what's driving so many divorces these days. And quite frankly, drove a divorce that I have. It's just like, we don't know how to win. And so then we just become appeasing, right? So on, on the flip side of that is like, then what does it mean to be a man in 2018, you know? Um, and I think we're at an incredible point in, in history where, where the feminine mystique, if you will, has gone from the 1940s, let's say, to present day. You can still be a stay-at-home mom and you, can, and you could be running for president, right? We'll have mm -hmm. a female president very shortly, I'm sure, right? Mm -hmm. So you can be everything in between where men still fit into this, like we're still like gauging our power by like, uh, you know, entrepreneurship or success, money, uh, how big we, you know, how actually physical, physically big we are. It's very still uh, primitive, right? And so I think we're in a place where we get to redefine that being articulate, being sensitive, being emotional doesn't mean weakness, even though for a lot of us, we were raised on the, on the sports field where emotions were shut down. Right. Or, or way over the top. Like it's, right. it, there's never, there's never a middle ground there. Right. 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 And so I think it's, it's because we, we haven't had any direction because in many respects and myself included, we're raised without mentors, without, masculine father figures. Mm -hmm. So what do we do is just kind of wing it and then we just kind of pass it on to the next generations and it, and it sucks. Right. So I think a long winded uh, answer to your question is it's finding men who are deeply connected with their purpose, you know, where their mission in life is, is defined and it's clear, but it's also focused on 
contributing to a greater good. It's not about, you know, how can I rise up and push the, the other men down or other people down? It's how can we actually do it all together, right? Mm-hmm. How are we constantly growing and improving ourselves as men? How do we actually use our words, right? So articulating how we're feeling, being able to communicate and, and not feel a sense of shame, if you will. If, if I'm having a conversation with another man and start to break down or something, you know, is making me, um, you know, emotional, whether it be a good emotion or a, or a negative emotion, right? And, not, and having it all be okay without a whole sense of judgment of like, oh, you're less than. You know, mm. you're weak because you're, you know, you're emotional. It's seeing that emotion is actually what drives our passion in life and, and finding that sense of adventure in life so that we can find those partners and those business people to, to join hands to, to run in the same direction while we're pursuing that adventure, you know? So I love um, that. That's, yeah. No, I, I completely agree. I think that it's, I think that one thing I would say that from my standpoint, it's really tough because I don't feel like men want to be cooperative. So women, the women's movement right now is really about women building other women up. Like that's one thing you'll consistently see like, Oh, we should be doing this together. Like we shouldn't be shaming each other. All those different aspects of community are inherent to what women have been doing for the last, I would say, 50 years. Like, you know, everything has been just building upon that, which is amazing. And then you have men on the other end where I know just as a guy who is trying to do this, you know, the, especially when I was more into bodybuilding, but now that I'm kind of stepping back from that masculine, that standpoint that I used to put myself on, I remember just being constantly in the gym and there would always be like walls up around everyone. And now I understand if it's like a competitive thing, like you're there to compete in the sense of like a physical competition, that's totally different than showing up and just being someone who can be open. And I'm always just, I'm somewhat baffled that it always has to be a competition. And it's like you said, like there's a middle ground of where those feelings I think take over and there's nothing wrong with knowing who you are. I had someone make a comment the other day. It's like, oh, you're really in touch with yourself now. It's like, yeah, because I, I had to become introspective mm-hmm. in order to actually understand what I want. And I wasn't just going for money or muscles. Like there's an actual passion behind it. And I think that that's what matters for men going forward. Absolutely. I want to shift. I want to shift a little bit. And I think that that was a really powerful discussion. So I, I'm glad that we could go there because I don't think that a lot of men are, are really – in that position to even want to touch it. I think it's so taboo that it shows a lot of your character, but I wanted to, you know, shift more towards mentorship when you were in this process or even just overall throughout your journey, who's one mentor or multiple mentors that has inspired you and had the biggest role in your overall success? Uh, hands down, Tony Robbins, (laughs) you know, uh, yeah, I think he kind of opened my eyes to <clears throat> to a different trajectory and different life's life purpose because I definitely was lost when I was introduced to him, um, which was just about ten years ago, uh, nine years ago. So he's first and foremost he comes to mind. Yeah, mm-hmm. he's been one of the more influential ones. Was that in an event or was that through something else? I'd heard some of his uh, programs in the past and, and, and they definitely resonated, but I think uh, it wasn't until I saw him live uh, that it finally, and I just had enough things going on in my life. Um, 
you know, a, adult topics, you know, and I was married at the time that, uh, that, that stuff really started to resonate, you know, and my mom had passed away. So I'd been through enough pain, uh, that things definitely kind of hit me in my, in my heart. So, yeah. What role has fitness played in you leveling up your life? Mm, um, I would say, you know, we can use the, the word fitness kind of loosely. I would say emotional fitness has been everything about leveling up my, my life and, and why I have my brand level up lifestyle because it, that's what it's been for me is, you know, 10 years ago, taking a look at like, okay. Um, I had, I had just come off of, so I did a bodybuilding competition as well. One when I was 25 and one when I was 28. So just come off of that one um, and was in the best shape of my life. And yet so m- every other area of my life was falling apart. And I was so unfulfilled and had no passion and no direction. Um, and so although I had the physical fitness, the emotional fitness wasn't there, you know? Um, and so I can certainly say that Physical fitness has played a huge role because I ultimately moved out to Colorado. Um, and the lifestyle that I've always sought after was to have that where I can go and like two days ago, go for a, a 10 mile hike and, and to do it without thinking about it, you know, and go hike 14 years ago, use my body in ways that, that uh, really offers physical freedom. You know, we always talk about financial freedom, but so many people have the financial freedom and then their health keeps them from really enjoying it. Right. So I had that physical freedom thanks to my fitness. However, I would say the the quality of my life and the happiness that I experience on a day to day basis has everything to do with my emotional fitness. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love that. Right now, what's your greatest source of motivation in your life? I would say, truthfully, I feel like I have a lot to prove just to myself, you know. Um, I'd say my greatest fear is getting to the end of my life, realizing I had untapped potential. That eats me up. Um, And so I do still have bouts with a lot of frustration of the comparison syndrome, not so much against other people, but just with where I believe I should be versus where I am, you know? Um, and so I have a lot of, a lot of creative ways of shaming myself um, where I don't celebrate all the good, but I certainly take full responsibility for all my shortcomings and I'll dwell on them, you know? And so that's what's motivating me the most is to overcome that, that bad habit or those bad habits of just like, you know, just allowing my own limiting beliefs to keep me from giving my God given gifts to the world, you know? Mm. So that's definitely probably what I'm working on the most right now. Powerful. That's extremely powerful. One of the last questions that I wanted to go into before we do like a lightning round of like, who is Johnny King, which obviously hopefully people have an idea of by now. <laughs> um, but who's someone that you currently admire and why? 
Oh man. Um, you know, it's interesting to, to say, you know, to say this to pop into my mind, because again, 10 years ago, certainly would never have been even in my top 100 probably. And I'd say my dad. Um, and so that, that's been the blessing. It's really hard to say because you, you know, you, you never want to lose your parents, especially at a young age that my mom passed away at. However, I certainly do not know that I would have, you know, met and appreciated and had such an incredible friendship and relationship with my father had my mom not passed away. Um, and so I, I look up, up to him so much because after she passed away, a couple of years after she passed away, he came out that he was gay and that, you know, he always had been. And uh, to live, to come out and start living your truth in your 60s, you know, and kind of reinvent your identity while also being a successful businessman, entrepreneur. Um, he just recently sold his business, which was, you know, just an amazing, you know, feat in and of itself after, you know, taking it from nothing to something amazing in 30 years. Um, but just his pursuit of always looking at, you know, the, the greater good, always looking to add value to see what's bigger, you know, how can you always think in a way that, uh, that drives you towards having a greater contribution in life is, is pretty amazing. And I'm just, I'm, bl I'm blessed to have the relationship that I have with him versus the one that I had <laughs> previously before he came out where I was, I was so done with his, you know, any relationship with him. I was so angry. Um, his coming out really allowed me the space to love him and thus love myself and let go of so much, uh, just hate and anger that I had inside me. So I love my dad dearly and, and just love that he's, uh, a daily mentor of, of myself and thus I get to help him with supporting his health, you know, as he, as he gracefully grows older. So my dad is the, is the man that comes to mind. That's powerful. How, if asking, how long did it take you to get to that place where you were able to reconnect like that? You know, you said, you know, you said that it is about 10 years ago, obviously when that whole journey and that process started, how long did it take you to get to the point where you guys were able to mend some of those ties and build your relationship? I'd say it took years. And I also say it would take, it took a, an instant. Um, because literally um, when he came out, uh, we had a meeting and he, for the first time in my adult, first time in my life, he gave me his full undivided attention. Normally it's always, you know, he'd be, typing on his Blackberry, you know, while he's talking to me, or he's, you know, typing on his computer, or he's like half there, half not. And, and this for hour and a half, he gave me his full attention. And I just spewed everything that I had, you know, and I got it all out, all of my anger, all of my resentment, everything. And I finally was like, um, I'm out of bullets. And he took it like a man. Mm -hmm. And then when he came out, he couldn't get the words out he just started crying and he was literally trying to get the words out. And I'm like, Oh God, in my mind, I'm like, did I just rip a new one in my dad for an hour and a half? And now he's going to tell me that he too has cancer. He's mm. dying. Or like, so my, I, my heart already started to soften in that moment. And when he finally said, I'm gay, I was like, 
oh. <laughs> it's like, is that it? Is that all? You know, granted, it's a huge thing, right? Mm. But I was like, oh, thank God you're not dying. That's literally what, because my mom had just passed away like a year and a half, two years earlier. And in that moment, so many of those unanswered puzzle pieces for why things had happened a certain way started like clicking together. And it started, I started to see the bigger picture and I was like, oh my God, this is why mom didn't have a whole lot of fight in her, why she gave up, I felt like. I just was making meaning of a lot of things, which again, are just the ways that I made meaning out of it. However, in that moment, I kind of say it's like my, it was like my Grinch stole Christmas moment where my heart went from like a, a size of a piece of coal to like this feeling empathy and growing a hundred times. Right. Mm-hmm. And I just had so much love for my dad in that moment. I'm like, dad, I, I don't care what your sexual orientation is. Like you're still my dad. I love you immensely. And so that moment happened. And, but then that kicked off several years where I actually ended up moving in with my dad. Cause I was starting my business after I had quit my job and he kind of picked me up by the bootstraps and said, you can do this. And so we would have so many, conversations uh around the kitchen island about like his childhood and like i learned about him his his and my my mom's relationship and like man did we have so many incredible conversations all to just kind of see that he he is my father yes he's just a human being mm-hmm. with hopes and dreams and fears and and desires for love he just happened to be born 32 years ahead of me right but we could connect on a human on a man to man basis and his sexual orientation um or whatever the right word is i don't even know if that's right right whatever yeah. however he chooses to live his lifestyle is, is, is his choice i could care less right because mm-hmm. i still love the man unconditionally and he loves me so that was why i say it, hap- it happened in a moment and yet it also happened over years and it continues that you know? mm, i love that that's incredibly powerful yeah uh, I, I do want to take it and I, I want to shift to more of a fun, lighthearted and, and more of an overall um, look into the other parts of you as we kind of wrap this up. And I want to start off with what are some of the things that are, are quote unquote non-fitness, like generic fitness things that you do for leisure that you enjoy? Uh, hiking for one. Yeah. I mean, anything active. Um, is so much fun. Um, I'm an artist by trade, so I love to do art. Um, so on my iPad here, it's so cool what we can do with technology these days and an Apple pencil, you know? Um, so I love to do that. Um, again, personal development, if you haven't picked up on that, it's big to me. So <laughs> <laughs> reading, listening to audio books and, uh, but I, I could have conversations like this with good friends um, all day, every day. I just love people and I love um, having my own perspectives broadened um, by just hearing someone's, you know, journey and their experience, you know, so. Amazing. What's your superpower and what is your kryptonite? <laughs> uh, I think my superpower is is having that uh, unconditional love and empathy for people. You know, I, I feel like I've just always enjoyed seeing the best in individuals, you know? And so I think I'm in the right, <laughs> I know I'm in the right industry because so many people will say, you believed in me before I believed in myself, 
I'm like, hell yes, I did, you know, because I can just, you know, it is so funny that so often I don't see the greatness in myself. Is that funny, you know, but I can see it so well in everyone else, right? However, I also know that if I'm able to see it in someone else, I have to be able to see it in myself, you know? So that's, that's like I said, that's my greatest, um, you know, motivator at this point. Um, but my kryptonite, um, I would just say that. I mean, I, I literally just said it's, it's, it's my own uh, limiting beliefs. It's my old stories. It's, uh, it's the belief that, uh, that I'm not special, that I'm not great, that I don't have anything really to contribute, you know, um, which is so funny as I say this as I'm just contributing on the podcast, right? So, um, but, you know, we all have, I'm just being totally honest, we all have those moments, I think, when we're by ourselves and we think we suck, you know, and we're a waste of time and a waste of space. Um, and I think that's my kryptonite is, is just believing or, or entertaining, at least for a little while, some of those crappy stories about ourselves, about mm -hmm. myself. Yeah. Well, I think I think that realizing that there is kryptonite there is the first is the is realizing and recognizing the first step. But it really is like you can't you don't have to dwell on it either. But it's like I know for me, like I don't I have I struggle with like not anger issues, but like I, I get really frustrated fast, and that will cause me to get anxious, and then then that leads to a whole other problem. And, and by being able to say, you know, sometimes I just I don't know how to handle my emotions is is a powerful thing to realize that that's the first thing you need to work on and until you're willing to admit that you're weak then you're just putting on a mask and i mm -hmm. think that that's the first part of actually being able to break away from it yeah amen which goes back to our conversation about like what does it mean to be a 2018 man it's uh it's being willing to put that mask down you know and be vulnerable and say yeah i have this kryptonite and i need support with it you know and mm -hmm. so i definitely feel like uh those are common conversations that i have with my coach you know who i say this is what i'm up against you know and she can see right through it and, and help build me up which is so grateful that i have her on my team hmm. what's your idea of paradise hmm. paradise um you know it's almost like you you could almost use that word as uh interchangeable with the word heaven you know um and i feel like a lot of times people think about heaven or paradise as someplace else you know oh when i get to heaven or when i if i could just get get down to the islands then i'd be in paradise or it's like a, it's a state of mind a state of being you know um certainly there are places that are absolutely breathtaking um in this world that we live in but i think paradise for me have been those moments where um, I'm just loving the work that I'm doing. I'm giving so much gratitude for the health that I have to live in this day and age, which is just ridiculously abundant, you know, and then I'm spending it with someone that, uh, or, or someone's that I just absolutely love, you know, cause I could, I could be in paradise up in the mountains with some of my closest friends and, hiking and having an incredible conversation and I could be down in the, you know, Cayman Islands with my little sister. Um, or I could be on a, a fourth date with a woman that I'm just captivated by, you know, um, all of those things would be to me moments where I'm just enjoying 
paradise, you know? Mm. So, yeah. Lindsay and I are having that conversation today, so that's very, very fitting. It's just, it's yeah. where, it's wherever you can find it, but it doesn't have to be a place, but yeah. certainly in those moments of bliss. Yeah, yeah, amen. What's one day that if you had the opportunity to relive, you would? Um, hmm. There's a few. Um, I probably would go back to uh, probably the last time I had a conversation with my mom, you know, before she passed. And, uh, and again, I probably wouldn't have said anything different. Um, she, she knows that I love her and I know that she loves me. There, there wouldn't have been like, oh, I wish I could have said this or said that. It just would be to, to be able to go back and, and share that moment again, you know? Um, and so she, she and my dad and big man upstairs and my families and my friends, and they're always kind of at the center of everything that, that makes me who I am today, which, which drives me to do what I do today. However, you know, mom is special and I'm sure I'll feel this way about my dad, but I love the fact that I can text my dad, you know, even when he's halfway around the world. Um, it just would be cool to, to have one of those conversations again, you know, um, mm. and just kind of shoot the stuff with your mom and tell her what's on your heart and, you know, have, it's just nice to have someone again, believe in you sometimes more than you believe in yourself. And, and I was blessed to have one of those saints of a, a mother who certainly was there for me in that sense, you know? So mm. yeah, I would love to, to relive that day for sure. What advice would you give yourself 20 years from now? <laughs> um, it probably would, uh, would go back to that kryptonite conversation, which is like, man, you, you don't know how well you have it. You know, enjoy every moment and believe and, and there will be time for a wife and kids and, uh, you know, the craziness that is of, of, you know, starting a family. But right now, man, like life ain't bad. You know, <laughs> you've created a lifestyle that you've always dreamed of. Uh, location independent, you know. Um, you've got more than enough income and you have your health and you're in your 30s and you live in Colorado, in America, and you're educated and like, God, what more, what more do you need to be grateful for? And I'll be grateful 20 years from now because uh, I'll be a, a, a 20 year better version of myself. Um, however, probably would be just to encourage myself to, man, just get out of your own way. Keep, keep pouring your heart into people and just keep loving life um, because it's, it's just not worth dragging your heels through it when, when you have everything you need to, to be able to run, you know, so. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love that. That's a great line. That, that last line, that is powerful. I love that. Yeah. The last, I'm going to do last two because I have one more. So what's one characteristic that you admire and people that inspire you? Mm. Uh, the one characteristic that I admire most in, in people, um, Again, I think it's uh, it's clarity, clarity of purpose, you know. And I think um, 
I have those moments of clarity and then I also have those moments of like the dirtiest window ever. And I cannot see through in what direction I'm driving in, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, which is funny because you should, if you, if you have it in one moment, you would, you would think that you've got it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that just goes to show us just like the ebb and flow of like your physical health. You might have an awesome day and then injure yourself or just wake up the next morning and feel crappy. It's just like, <clears throat> I just admire those individuals who are so clear with what the purpose and the direction is that they are truly at a full sprint, you know, bringing as many people with them as, as they possibly can, you know? And, uh, and I, I look forward to continuing to step into more and more of that myself, you know, but I admire that for sure. Mm. Last question. What is your one rule for life? Uh, my one rule for life. Hmm. I don't know if I ever really think about it that way. Um, other than that, I do know, um, you know, something I was raised on very simple premise that I think a lot of, you know, religions and, and spirituality is based on is that God is love. There, there, there's nothing really, uh, there's no rule that surpasses that, you know? And I find, uh, I don't think there's any coincidence that the, that the tattoos that are on me, you know, reflect that idea that, that God is love. And I think um, when we are coming from that place, it's not to say that we won't feel fear. Um, however, I, you know, Tony Robbins will often say that the antidote to, to fear is gratitude. And I think gratitude is just another expression of love right? It's just appreciating uh, what you have and you can't feel fear and gratitude in that same moment. And so in those moments of weakness or less than or lack of self-confidence, man, if, if, if I can just continue to come from that one rule of God is love, I am love, you know, we are all coming from a place of love man, I think myself, this, this world, we would all be a lot happier and healthier, you know, as a, as a population, you know, and as individuals. So hmm. for what it's worth, I'd say, yeah, God, yeah. God is love. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, so where can people find you and what are some of the current projects you're working on? Yeah, absolutely. They can, they can always find me at johnnyking.com. Um, I, I'm always, uh, well, that's not necessarily true. I was going to say, I'm always taking on, uh, taking on applications for sure. Uh, I work with only a limited number of one-on-one clients, um, five to 10 at any given time. Those are my premium clients. Um, I always have room in my group coaching, you know, programs. Uh, but then individuals can always jump into some of my other kind of done for you projects, whether it be health or, um, fitness, nutrition, that sort of thing. But uh, the current project that I'm working on right now is, is uh, well, it's a project that will help individuals accelerate how to make that lifestyle change, you know, and how to make it stick. Um, because we all know that we can Google for answers of how to lose weight or how to, you know, all the how-tos can be Googled. Uh, the why-to or the, the psychology behind success and uh, – an achievement is not as definable. That's why I said it's like a, 
it's in art, uh, as I mentioned earlier in this conversation. So I think that's ultimately why people need that the coaching. And that is my, my desire is to bring people some type, uh, some type of uh, mechanism that would help them progress their, their growth as an individual to find lasting happiness and fulfillment and to live their greatest lifestyle, whatever that looks like. It doesn't mean that they have to have the, the yacht. It could be living as an Alaskan bushman, right? It could be whatever it is, you know? Uh, I love it. Allow them to find whatever makes them the happiness and to live that lifestyle and not buy into stupid excuses of, oh, I have to pay the bills or I have to, you know, dim their lights, uh, their light down because the life tells them they, they have all these adult responsibilities. I think that's, it's understandable and yet uh, it's not why they were put on this planet. So that's what I'm working on right now. I love it. I love it. It's yeah. powerful. Well, thank you so much, Johnny. This has been amazing. Uh, I think there's so much excellent content here. And I think just hearing your story and your journey has been insightful at, at an incredible level for me. And I, I look forward to hearing how it helps everyone else too. Awesome. Man. Well, thank you for having me on. And, and uh, I love all that you're doing uh, and I love that we're, uh, we've connected through our masterminds. So this is, it's just a blessing to me too. So thank you. Absolutely. Absolutely. So thank you guys for tuning in. Just a reminder to continue to be a light and inspire others to believe more. See you guys. Thank you for tuning in today to my journey. I hope this episode brought some value and light into your life. If you love this podcast, please leave us a review on iTunes and shout us out on your Instagram story so we can share this message with as many people as possible. And if you're ready to start your own journey, reach out to me at brianpickwist.com forward slash start. And until next time, thank you again. And remember, the journey starts with you. I'll see you guys.